All right, trying to get trying to get the uh, trying to get the uh, the levels right there. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. The president, the Republican, you know, the Republican Party's got a lot of issues right now for some crazy reason. I don't know what it is. Right now in the Senate, they're going after Tuberville. We'll talk about that later. Uh, You know, they did not censor. They did not censor, censure, excuse me, Rashida Tlaib, and Republicans helped with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we got all kinds of nonsensical stuff going on in the Republican Party, and we're out there trying to also pick a Republican nominee. And on the text line, I'm being asked, how, may I ask how big your, is your block list of textures? What are some common reasons? I have no idea, and I have no idea. I just like to be receptive. Regarding the uh, presidential election, you know, right now, uh, Donald Trump is cruising. He's cruising comfortably. Despite all the stuff that's going on out there, he's cruising very comfortably right now. And, uh, we're... Some people seem to be trying to make Nikki Haley happen. Nikki Haley is not going to happen. Nikki is the neocon. She's the establishment candidate. Okay? It would be between Mike Pence and her. He dropped out and uh, he didn't have enough girl power going for him. You got Tim Scott, who's still managing to qualify for the debates. You got Chris Christie, who's deflating. And what happened to Vivek Ramaswamy? He's just sort of faded away. That that novelty value just sort of dropped. So between Trump or DeSantis, she seems to be the only one that might be out there chipping away. And the problem is that she rejects the populist conservative GOP model. That's where her problem is. She's Jeb Bush in a skirt. And she didn't get the memo because uh, I think most of the Republican voting block is done with the Jebs and the Mitt Romneys and the McCains and the rest of Team Fail. She recently uh, endorsed uh, Michael Steele for something that tells you just about everything you need to know. She's dominating a lane that nobody else is driving in. Some people around here think she is something. They, they, they believe that she is something she is not. And First of all, she's very light politically. She is not, uh, you know, she she gets out there and she knows how to shriek, okay. Which whenever she she when when she begins to shriek, like when she was shrieking at Vivek Ramaswamy, the first thing I thought was, oh, this this is the Republican Hillary Clinton here. And supposedly there's a Nikki Haley surge going on, based largely on one poll that has her up in Iowa and others up in New Hampshire. And polls, you, you can never believe polls, ever. Trump doesn't believe polls. He barely acknowledges that she's in the race, and she he, he's focusing his his shots, his money, his, uh, his firepower at DeSantis.
But Nikki does have her booster. She is the cure for what her fans see as the GOP's current affliction, which is politicians like Trump and DeSantis who actually address the issues that you care about versus the issues that the donors care about. And the donors like her because she eagerly carries their water in the corporate bucket. And, uh, you know, she, she backed Disney against DeSantis, right? She backed Boeing. All of that downright embarrassing. She thinks that you, and, uh, well, maybe not you. <laughs> maybe not you, not the voters. She thinks, for example, that we want to relive the Bush foreign policy. She's down for every war that comes along while refusing to fight the one that we care about the most, which is the culture war and the border war. And if is, uh, you know, this is the thing. Uh, the regime media is pumping her up because they're bored right now. <laughs> they're bored in the political part of it. They're bored. Uh, Trump's way ahead in a race that they can only write so many stories about how Ron DeSantis is about to fall out of the race or run out of money or lock up all the gay people in Florida to a giant camp in the Okefenokee Swamp where no one can say gay. The only potential alternative to Trump is DeSantis. He's been pretty quiet here lately. And that's smart. He's, a, he's ahead by a lot today. And why give DeSantis an opportunity to compare their potential for winning in November 2024? So the smart play for Trump is to ignore the race and dodge the baits and turn his internet band of lackeys and lackwits loose to furiously caress themselves over the Florida governor's shoes. That's sort of tacky, I know. But it's also cunning. Because there's a huge bunch of American voters who wrongly despise him and will not vote for him. So why would he want to talk about this? Why would he want to get out there and address that? His chances in the general have probably ticked up a bit. Once again, of course, the polls show him beating Biden now, but you can't ever listen to the polls. The only poll that matters is the one at the end of the day on election day. That's the and that's where the actual polls are. The polling place is where you go to poll. Everything else they do, this is all conjecture. It's all based it's all based on an agenda they're trying to write. What's happening now with these polls is the the result of Biden's utter failure as the, you know, being the resident, you know. He's backing all the wrong people. And the Israel thing has divided the Democratic Party, the garbage Democrat Party between people who hate Trump and support the murder of Jewish people and the people who hate Trump and do not support the murder of Jewish people. And that will be a big inside fight. That will be a big inside fight. A lot of very leftist folks are realizing that a lot of other leftist folks want them dead. <laughs> so, but they don't. They will not vote for Trump, even though they know that part of his platform is "I oppose letting you be killed," which should indicate to you that leftism is truly a mental disorder. As, and it's a moral disorder, and it's it's an education disorder, and it's all of the things you would expect 
the end of the day, when you see all the garbage that we have coming up to this point to where they actually get to pass, cast a ballot, this is what you should expect. They would rather die than vote for Trump. And they're going to prove it at the ballot box. Now, right now, Trump is very much ahead. And uh, I was going to be make, make or break for DeSantis. It's hard to see uh, Trump not go on and make a big splash in the Hawkeye State. And con contrary to the conventional wisdom, DeSantis has run a good campaign. He's used the only possible strategy, strategy there is against a very popular opponent who's being persecuted with bogus lawsuits and criminal cases. And the, our depth on the bench for potential presidential candidates is indeed impressive. DeSantis has got plenty of that screw you commie energy going on. And he's done about as good as it could be done. And it still might not be enough. And if he does lose, it won't be because he's a bad candidate. But it will be because the base has decided to stick with Trump. Which, once again, does not make him a bad candidate. Nikki just sort of exists. But the bottom line here is that uh, Trump's way ahead. And the GOP voters today seem set on him. Ron DeSantis has a shot, but he has to win Iowa. Every one of them have a shot, but, uh, you know, basically it's between those two guys. Really, truly. We have created, we, we have also created a very deep, a very deep bench of little tyrants coming up. That when we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And if I push all the buttons, I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Let's go to the phones. Robert in Greenville. Yes, sir. Hey, Bill. I think you're on to something about the Nikki Haley and DeSantis. Yes, but sir. Here's something else on the DeSantis thing. He originally said he was only going to run for governor against Chris Christie. And then Camel Harris brought in $50 million down to uh, Dade County. And I think he didn't have any political hope uh, as a governor in Florida, so he's decided he's going to run for president to stay politically active. And Well, I mean, he's, he's, on his second really term, he's on his second term as governor, which he won by a landslide, and he can't run for governor again. Oh, I didn't know there was a term limit down there. All yeah. right. Well, so he's definitely out of uh, politics then, and he's only got one other option to stay in politics, run for president. Well, I mean, he, he, he's doing he, he passed a law to where if he falls out of the presidential race, he can remain governor. They did something along those lines. I don't remember the details, but, um, uh, you know, uh, Everybody, everybody besides him that's running against Trump is a former something or other. You know, most of them are all for, former governors. You know, Christie, right, right. Hutchison, Burgum, Nick Haley, you know, 
They're all they're well, all former Haley somebody's. has a personal axe to grind against Trump for being dismissed as UN secretary. That's her role. But DeSantis, I don't think he's uh, going to be able to stay in uh, Florida governorship. That they're going to throw everything at him. He just doesn't have the money. So well, what are they going to? I mean, he's for, he's been reelected. He's in office now. You think they're going to keep him out of office? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, well, I don't why? Have, because he, he had so much money come up against him. I mean, that fifty million dollars. Yeah, but okay. 50, listen, listen, that's a ton of money, man. How, how, how does money? How does money kick him out of office? You want to know what money buys? Money buys advertising. Money buys advertising, and it pays for staff to do things. Uh, they can't. They can't go out there and roll up on the uh, Florida legislature, which I think is Republican, and toss fifty million at him and say, "Now kick DeSantis out." That's just not the way that works. It's just All not right. the way it works. But I mean, I you know, I I think he'll finish out his term as governor. Yeah, I do. Politically done in Florida. Well, and that's fine. This is all he is office. politically done in Florida. Unless he runs for senator or something, he could run for senator. He might run against Rick Scott. That'd be an upgrade. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought I'd throw that in because you're... you. You're well, I mean, you know, that. listen, uh, Sanford. Sanford went from being governor after he went on his Appalachian Trail hike. He went from being governor to being a U.S. representative there for a little bit out of the low country before he got, before right. he got kicked out. So, I mean... Just because they're done with and one I like office. I Governor uh, Sanford. I, I always stuck <laughs> beside him. I hated the personal issues, but, you know, as far as the governor went, I thought he did an outstanding job. Man. I watched every one of his state of the state unions. We, we have, we have not had a governor in South Carolina that has been a leader that has gotten out and grabbed South Carolina and said, we're going to lead the nation. We haven't had one of those in a very long time. It wasn't Sanford. It wasn't it wasn't Haley. It is not McMaster. So, uh, I, he was adequate. You know, he filled he filled the role real good. Yeah. But when when he went on his hike and he had to and he was washed yeah. up and everything, everybody was talking about his wife would make a better governor. So, a lot of people no, turned I don't on him. Think Listen, skill saw would do. Yeah, I would stick with Mark Sanford. Yeah, let me I jump. Let let me jump there. It pays for and finances perception. And sometimes favors. That's, you know, that's what the bank accused of doing. When it's up, they're buying favors. Then they're playing tit for tat. But if they actually do it and try to do it in the, uh, and I, I say this with, with tongue in cheek, the legal way, what they're buying is advertising and paying staffers. And that's all it is. They're just trying to change perception. It's just one big advertising campaign. The only difference is between their advertising campaign and say one I might do is one I most of the ones I do I've actually I'm actually living. <laughs> so, <laughs> and for them that this is all trying to get you to change your mind. It's all about changing your perception. You guys have all heard of uh, Sam Bankman-Fried or Fried, the former CEO and for, uh, founder of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, and he's on trial right now. And he's accused of bilking people out of billions of dollars while his company collapsed. And it's not going well. He's pled guilty to several counts of financial fraud. He told the court, uh, his uh, former lover, Caroline Ellison, told the court that Bankman Freed thought rules don't lie on balance, like don't lie on balance sheets and don't steal from customers didn't apply to him. 
and his own emails, he dismisses financial regulations and the officials who are, are pushing them around. And if he's convicted, he's going to be in jail for a very long time. Then there's Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of Silicon's uh, Theranos, the blood testing startup, convicted of uh, defrauding hundreds of million dollars and, and sentenced to 11 years. Then there's WeWork. That was once hailed as a hot thing, will likely file for bankruptcy. They were once valued at $47 billion. Now they're estimated uh, $64 million, which is nothing to sneeze at, but it's a lot less. And the founder, Adam Newman, isn't looking at doing climate club fed. He became notorious for his wretched excesses like his multi-million dollar spending sprees and acquisition of luxury property. One of the most striking things about these case studies is not just the hubris, but the utter lack of inquiry by those who should have been asking hard questions. The left, leftist media made this happen. Made this happen. Their relationship with these young founders was like idol worship, you know? A New York Post article from, from April mocked Forbes magazine, which put Holmes, Bankman, Fried, and Newman on their cover and honored them. And the second thing you notice when you study these stories is that fraudsters all use the same shtick. They figured out that if you get out there and say, we're going to change the world, that, 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 that detracts people. Holmes used this dodge when Mad Money's Jim Cramer asked about the allegations uh, that were out there. And uh, she she said, this is what happens when you work to change things. First they think you're crazy, then they fight you, and then all of a sudden you change the world. <laughs> Bankman Freed was going to save the world with his philosophy of effective altruism. He was go And his purpose uh, was to get filthy rich for charity's sake. And uh, this would all be bad enough if these were limited to the relative handful of aspiring billionaires, but they aren't. This same sort of hubris is out there in multiple generations, particularly those from the hallowed halls of higher education. Intolerance, indifference, you know, and the brutal attacks, what we see in the, in the wake of the brutal attacks on October 7th, we see what this all brings out. And what's missing in our young people today is humility. And we did this. We did this. A lot of these kids are told they're the best and the brightest, the creme de la creme that doesn't occur to them that they could ever be wrong. You got to be able to step outside of yourself and look back. The EPA is at war against cars. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Okay, I don't know this one. Who's this? Uh, that's Breaking Benjamin. <sighs> <sighs> okay. No wonder I don't know that one. <laughs> Since I don't, I'm not a Breaking. I, I won't say I'm. I, I'm not a Breaking Benjamin fan. You I just get on never... it, man. They're so good. They they're not as good as Allison Chains or Corn or. 
I didn't say that. Or Metallica. Um, so uh, you know, I, 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 so I immerse myself in those and Soundgarden. I, I have the, I have this really bad penchant for. Uh, I like a lot of groups where the lead singers are dead now for some stupid reason. I like them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, we as human beings. Well, you know what? Let me let, let, let's uh, let's let you know how you can get involved in this conversation if you want. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcasts are available on the free Odyssey app. Humans like to experience things. We like to see them. We like to touch them. We like to taste them. And uh, in order for that to actually happen, we have to be able to get to them. And so we develop the motor, the motor car, the automobile. And we love it. We love being out there. We drive more than 3 trillion miles per year in 290 million registered cars, of which some 287 million are internal combustion engines. Today's cars... Whichever one you pick is the most highly evolved, reliable, innovative, and efficient form of production ever witnessed. So because it is such a good functioning you know, product, of course you can expect the Biden administration to target this. So the EPA has announced a planned emission regulation that will end the U.S. automotive industry as we know it. And they want to, they're trying to herd us into the EV cars that we manifestly do not want. This will get challenged, and it, it's already been challenged one time. It's this kind of thing. They just re, repackaged it. A, re, a regulatory commission like the EPA cannot get out there and run something out of business. That's already been decided in the Supreme Court. This get taken up again. But here's what they're trying to do. Uh, right now, they state that a, a car can emit an average of 400 grams of CO2 per mile. The proposed regulations would reduce allowable CO2 emissions to 82 grams per mile by 2032. And by the EPA's only calculation, the only way to meet this standard is for the U.S. auto companies to sell at least 67% of the entire fleet as electric vehicles. However, <laughs> the big problem with that is that the... Uh, the IEA forecasts that EV sales will only account for a mere 20% of U.S. car sales in 2030. And that's them getting out there and saying, being very optimistic. Right now, EV sales currently account for about 8% of U.S. new car sales or less than 5%, excluding California. And, I mean, in some cases, depending on where you're at, you might get $40,000 in subsidies for this car if you buy it. There's billions in incentives and tax credits. And despite all of this, they're not selling as planned. Because there's excess inventory there. And with price cuts, the big three are losing money on uh, electric vehicles hand over fist. Even Tesla, the only manufacturer other than the uh, Chinese build your dream, BYD, that can make sustainable profits on electric vehicles, has seen their stock decline in the past two months by $240 billion. And there's a reality out there, and that is that electric vehicles are unwanted in mass numbers. Too expensive and oversupplied is beginning to set in. Now, transportation in all forms, the airplanes, trains, buses, trucks, pipelines, this is roughly 29% of U.S. CO2 emissions. Cars represent 57% of U.S. transport, 
and account for only 16% of emissions. And with U.S. emissions only 15% of the world total, that means U.S. cars represent less than 2.5% of global CO2 emissions. And this is the thing about climate change. Climate change is global. So if you're going to get out there and you're going to say, we're going to do something for this, then you got to look at the, uh, the effect of this globally. And 2.5%, that means if it goes away, if we take all internal combustion engine cars away in a day, changes nothing really. Changes nothing. The other problem is this. The electric vehicles right now, the fact that it, it, it runs on electricity and only emits water vapor and all this other nonsense, um, that's an illusion. Because in, in order to charge this this thing, 60% of the the, uh, the fuel to charge this is fossil fuel. And right now, nobody in the United States is standing up and putting on a you know putting on a uh, you know a cooling tower icon on their chest saying, "I'm Captain Nuclear and we should be building nuclear power plants." Well, they're not even talking about replacing the 93 sunsetting power plants, and that provides 18% of U.S. electricity. And all of you environmental, uh, I won't call you wackos, all of you dis delusional people, uh, the majority of your electric car is powered by fossil fuels. Of 3 million electric vehicles out there, California represents 42% of all sales, meaning the remaining 49 states have purchased a mere 1.7 electric million electric cars, of which 70% are all electric, for a cumulative total of 1.2 million non-California electric cars. And that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing. Um, right now, at General Motors... They're committed to selling 100% electric passenger cars by 2035. So I, my, my guess is going to be that either they will fire this in, insane person or uh, they'll be out of business. They pulled their guidance to build 600,000 electric vehicles in the first half of 2024 and withdrew from a joint venture with Honda. Ford went further and they just abandoned their goal to build 2 million of these things. And they're having, in order for them to move, they're selling well below cost, even with subsidies, calling the EV landscape brutal. This market is headed in the same way as the Edsel, the Chevy Vega, the Ford Pinto. Nobody wants this stuff. And even with a nation-destroying mandate, the all-electric future will never happen, not in our lifetime. Not unless they come up with some drug to where I can live to be 500 years old. Leaving aside the utter fantasy of non-existent electrical generation, where California's always previews of what to come, uh, it's just not going to happen. By, by California. And what they've got is not going to work. So, it's interesting to look at, but at the same time, it's uh, absolutely a failure. Halloween provided an object lesson in humanity, which I am going to share with you. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Observation will tell you a lot of things. And thanks to the technology of today, we get to observe a lot of things. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 
800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Right now I've got, uh, I, you know, what what are you? Anyway. <laughs> um, sometimes when you're observing things, um, you might want to take a sampling of that which you're observing. So we get this from Halloween. Two separate Halloween incidents captured by doorbell cameras, which are, I've got one of those. I mean, I have multiple cameras. I have cameras in the back. I have cameras in the front. But I have some things in the house that I don't want to fall into the wrong hands. So I have surveillance. As do other people. But in the first incident, right, we have, we have, and, you know, what's the point of this? Who puts out a big jug of candy on the front porch and turns on the light? Isn't the point... Isn't the point of Halloween for adults for us to watch the little Halloween trick-or-treaters coming up and just marvel at how they're dressed and 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 compliment them and 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 just listen to them, just listen a little. Isn't that what we do it for? Adults, isn't that why we do it? I mean, you don't even nowadays you can go to Walmart and get a mix of candy. You don't even have to get out there and have any imagination. But no. Uh here we are, one new phenomenon. I I don't know what they expected. Uh, they put out a big, big jug of candy with a message. Please just take two. Well, up rolls some uh, obvious. They're not from around here's, and they go wild. It's like a bunch of locusts. They've got the adults pulling out their shirt and making like a trough and throwing all the candy in it. And they, I mean, just one group of people comes up and takes a jug of candy about the size of a big punch bowl. So much for Halloween from that one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're transplants. They're here because the Democrats think they're going to vote Democratic. You didn't hear them speaking English. Uh, there was one child yelling something that sounded like dame, which means give me. And when you see the adults, most likely parents, encouraging the children to take it all, grabbing all the full-size candy bars they can, at one point one of the women, like I said, stretches out her shirt, it, this reminds me of a swarm of locusts. And that's because they beat each other up, get into it. They fly over each other. They might eat each other. I don't know. Then comes, the, uh, uh, then comes another video. Same night, Halloween night. Another kid rolls up on a bowl where somebody, some lazy person has put the bowl. At. Yes, you're lazy if you do that. What's the point? If you don't want to... It, it, if you don't want to participate, then don't. That's okay. But if you do want to participate, participate. Enjoy the human contact. We're here for such a short period of time. In the second video, a little man comes rolling up, and uh, he looks in the bowl, and there's no candy left in the bowl. And he's, he's a little disappointed that there's no candy left in the bowl. And then he takes some of his candy out of his bag, and puts it in the bowl so the next kids coming will find some candy. And his mother, instead of saying, yeah, yeah, get all that, get it all, get it all. She, she encourages him for his sacrifice. This, this little man will grow up to be a, if he stays on just with this thought process, he will grow up to be a, a fine citizen and a participant and a, he will probably be a very courageous person. His little sister 
does the same thing that he does because she sees him do that. This is a result. And listen, I, I know everybody gets out there and says, well, well, you know, there's no culture superior to the other. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a Judeo-Christian one. That, that Those underpinnings make the difference. And the rest without it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Diversity is not a strength. It is not a strength. Unless the people that we bring in assimilate to our values. They should have to assimilate to our values to be here. Why did they come here if they didn't want to do it? Multiculturalism is a joke. Uh, I, I just saw, when I saw that, when I saw that, I was, on the one hand, uh, you know, this is a child, and they haven't, you, you know, they probably, they haven't had all of this uh, educational indoctrination and everything, so this child going forward is pure. This is, this is, uh, this is un, untouched. This is what humanity is supposed to be, giving. And on the other hand, a bunch of people who just prob probably went through a lot of stuff to get here, but at the same time, they're getting a lot of stuff from being here. They're all there uh, coming in for the, for the free stuff. So they came here for the free stuff, and their greed on Halloween compels them. And we, we, we saw that too, so... Just, just an observation, if you will. Just an observation. We're going to take a moment and look at London because London is very indicative of what happens when you have a very loud minority that stakes a claim, which is the way it is here, except we ignore it just like they are, and we do it at our own risk. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 